right, let's, uh, let's get our Bibles open to Genesis tonight, chapter 35 tonight of the book of Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 35. I appreciate Brother David's song and Sheila's song about the blood. We've had a lot of singing today about the blood, and they can't have too much singing about the blood and uh, uh, the power of God uh, comes through the blood. And I've always said if I was a gospel singer, which I'm not, uh, I'd get me some songs about the blood. And I got some sermons about the blood. And uh, I believe that God blesses uh, singing and sermons about the blood of His dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, with Genesis 35, uh, tonight we'll read about 11 verses there. And the Bible said, And God said unto Jacob, Arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make thee an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods that were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, and he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, and the name of it was called Alabachna. And God appeared unto Jacob again, and God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Panoranum and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he, he called his name Israel. Thank you. you. May be seated. Our Father and God, as we come to you, Lord, uh, once again, the course of this day, Lord, we've knelt here and there in different places throughout today, but always before Thee and always, Lord, to ask Your blessings. And Lord, as we come to You, we're thankful that, Lord, we seek no other foundation to build on, Lord, other than that of Jesus. And Lord, we seek no other fountain to wash in other than the fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And Father, we flee nowhere else for refuge, but Lord, into Thee. And Lord, we look for nowhere else to rest, but in the Lord. And we thank You, Father, that Lord, that You are always with Your people. We're thankful, Lord, that when we don't know, You do know. And it's not important for us to know as long as we know You know. And Father, we ask tonight that as we gather around Genesis 35 and these verses and a few others, that the Lord has speak to us out of His Word, for the Bible said in the last days that God spoke to us by His Word. 
and by his son, which is the word. And Father, you know every heart tonight. Uh, Lord, we look around, looks like everybody's good, everything's done, everything's fixed, and we sit back and say with Laodicea, we have need of nothing. But Lord, you look at us tonight, and it might be unbeknownst to us, we may be wretched, miserable, and blind. And uh, Lord, we seek counsel of thee tonight, and help of thee tonight, save that one that might yet be unsaved. Lord, I pray for that one that's wandered far away from God, that they might come back to the Lord tonight. And that one, Lord, that's doing their best to hold on and, Lord, to, uh, to pray hard and to anchor deep and to hold on. Uh, Lord, just bless them tonight, I pray. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name tonight. Amen and amen. Uh, we'll come here tonight to Genesis 35. And uh, this is the third time that we have looked at Jacob. Really, it's Jacob's third encounter with God. Uh, he had an encounter with God back in Genesis 28. He had another encounter with God in Genesis 32. And now he's going to have a third encounter with God here in Genesis 35. Twenty years have passed uh, in the life of Jacob since he had his encounter with God in Genesis 32 when he wrestled all night with that angel and wouldn't let God go until he blessed him. Twenty years have passed. Uh, uh, how many knows tonight that 20 years can make a big difference in a person's life? Uh, amen. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's an understatement to say that 20 years can make a big difference in a man's life. Uh, and 20, in 20 years there has been siblings, there have been 12 of those born to Jacob. And uh, how many knows that 12 children make a difference in your life? Uh, 12 children or grandchildren can make a difference in your life. And so Jacob in that 20 years after getting 12 children, Jacob has some serious problems in his family. In Genesis 34, and we'll look at that in a minute, just a little bit of it. But how many knows that you can't have 12 children and put 20 years of time in there and not have some serious problems uh, uh, in your life? And because of that, uh, we find that Jacob uh, has been sliding backward. Did you know that 20 years of time and did you know that problems in your life... Uh, that if you don't hold real tight and draw near real close and anchor real deep uh, uh, and pray real hard and hold on real tight, uh, that the very best of us will find ourselves sliding backward on God. And Jacob finds himself tonight here uh, and God speaks to him again. Now you'll notice this time, uh, uh, there is no dream that comes to Jacob. Uh, uh, you'll notice this time, there is no angel that comes down and wrestles with Jacob. Uh, this time, there is nothing other than the Lord uh, uh, saying to Jacob there in Genesis 35, uh, he says, Arise and go to Bethel. Uh, did you know the farther you go in this Christian life, uh, uh, the farther you go, uh, 
uh, the less feeling there's going to be to this thing. Uh, uh, you say, Brother Rick, I can't feel God like I used to. That don't mean God ain't still there. Uh, uh, but you see, when you first start out, you don't have much faith uh, and you need a whole lot of feeling. Uh, uh, but as you go along, faith is supposed to grow. Uh, and the Bible didn't say that it pleased God by feelings. Uh, uh, the Bible didn't say that. The Bible said it pleased God by faith. Uh, and as good as it is to feel God, uh, it's more important that you believe God. Amen. Uh, uh, because I want to tell you there's going to be more times uh, uh, that you simply have to believe God than there is that you feel God. Uh, uh, every time you go to the prayer closet, you're not going to feel God. Uh, every time you go to church, uh, it's not going to be Pentecost. Uh, uh, but as you grow in the faith and as you grow as a Christian, uh, God requires more faith uh, than he does feeling. Uh, and you know what faith is? Faith uh, is, the, is the opposite of feeling. Uh, uh, the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, uh, the Bible said that faith is the substance uh, of things hoped for. Uh, it didn't say the substance of what you feel, uh, uh, but the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things uh, not yet seen. Uh, and might I add, they're not yet felt. Uh, uh, you see, this thing is a walk of faith. Uh, and the Bible said the just shall live by feeling. No, uh, uh, the Bible said the just shall live by faith. Uh, uh, you have to believe God even when you don't feel God. Uh, you have to believe God even when you don't see God. Uh, you have to believe God simply because you believe uh, that he is though you don't see him. Uh, you have to believe that he is and that he's rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. Uh, and so we find Jacob here uh, and God appears to him different now than he did back then uh, because Jacob should have grown some in the Lord uh, and grown some in the faith. Uh, and so there's no dream. There's no angel to wrestle. There's simply the word of God. Uh, and God said, Jacob, arise uh, and go back to Bethel. Uh, uh, now, I want us to look here and remember this, uh, uh, that uh, Jacob is told uh, uh, to go all the way back uh, to where he started. Uh, uh, God said, Jacob, arise and go back uh, uh, to where you started many, many years ago. Well, God, uh, many times, God, uh, uh, we're going to see here that God, uh, he reminds Jacob of twenty-eight year of Genesis 28, Genesis 32. Uh, uh, he reminds Jacob of what happened back there. And there comes many times in our life uh, when that you and I have to be stopped. Uh, we have to remember. Uh, we have to repent. Uh, and we have to return and do our first works. Uh, uh, you say that Old Testament. No, that's New Testament. In Revelations 2 and verse 5, the Lord told that church there Ephesus, uh, he said, you've left your first love. And in verse 5, he said, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, uh, and repent, and do thy first works. Uh, in other words, God says, Remember, God says, Repent, and God says, Return. Uh, uh, did you know the whole Christian life is summed up in them three words? Uh, 
uh, remember, repent, and return. Uh, uh, did you know uh, Andrew Murray, who is a great writer on prayer, I don't know of anybody any greater than Andrew Murray on prayer, uh, and Andrew Murray said the Christian life uh, is nothing more than a series uh, of new beginnings. Uh, in other words, we, we get up on the mountaintop, uh, uh, we slide down, we get back up on the mountaintop, we slide down again, uh, and the Christian life is nothing more than a series uh, of remembering, repenting, and returning to God. Uh, and so we find Jacob here in this uh, third encounter with God. Uh, we find, first of all, Jacob's recall. Uh, the Bible said in verse 1, And God said unto Jacob, Arise uh, and go to Bethel. Amen. Uh, every now and then we'll have some people that'll leave the church for whatever reason it might be. Uh, uh, sometimes God moves them. Sometimes the devil moves them. Uh, uh, but for whatever reason that they might leave the church, uh, I, I try to stay in good terms with people when they leave. Uh, I, I try to do what an old preacher told me years ago. Uh, he said, always keep the door open. You never know when they might come back. Uh, uh, so let them leave on good terms. Be kind to them. Don't be mad at them. Don't be ill with them. Because uh, uh, you never know when they might come back. But many a time I have been uh, at a restaurant eating uh, and uh, I look over and there's somebody that used to be a member of Bethel Baptist Church. Uh, and uh, I go by their table on the way out uh, and uh, I'll, take me, I'll take me an ink pen uh, and I'll write on a napkin or something and I'll fold it up uh, and I'll go back and say, how you doing? They say, I'm doing good. Good to see you. I say, yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, I said, you need to do what that says. Uh, and I'll lay a little paper back there and long after I'm out the door, curiosity gets the best of them and they'll open it up uh, and they'll say what God said in Genesis 35 and 1. Uh, It'll say, arise and go back to Bethel. Amen. Uh, arise and go back to Bethel. And so Bethel was the place where that, where that Jacob first met God. Uh, have you ever got one of these little letters in the mail? Uh, you went down to the mailbox, you opened it up, uh, and uh, you just bought a brand new car. There ain't supposed to be nothing wrong with it. You've had it about three or four months, made a few payments on it, and you go down to the mailbox and open it up, uh, and it says there's been a manufacturer recall uh, uh, on your vehicle. Something is wrong, uh, and you simply need to bring it back uh, uh, to the dealer, and they'll fix it. They'll pay all the cost. Uh, all you got to do is bring it in. Amen. Uh, uh, well, God is making a recall on Jacob. Uh, uh, it's not a manufacturer defect. Uh, it's not something God did. It's something Jacob did. Uh, uh, but God said, if you'll come back to Bethel, God said, I'll fix what's wrong with you, and I'll pay all the cost. Amen. Uh, uh, ain't that good that God's always willing, God's always ready, uh, uh, amen, to fix us up. And the only thing we got to do is come back. The only thing we got to do is return. Uh, and so we see Jacob here. Uh, and uh, when we find Jacob in Genesis 35, uh, uh, he's not been there all along. Uh, no, he's been over to a place uh, uh, that the Bible calls Shechem in Genesis 33 and verse number 18. The Bible said that Jacob, when God calls him, he's over to a place called Shechem. And in Genesis 33 and verse 18, the Bible said, And Jacob came to Shalem and a city of Shechem, 
which is in the land of Canaan, when, when he came from Pandaram, and he pitched his tent before the city, and he bought a parcel of a field, and he spread forth his tent. Uh, I, I want you to see Jacob's affection at this time. Uh, you say, what's that got to do with Jacob's affection? Well, here's the thing that Jacob uh, has bought ground. Jacob has set up a tent. Uh, uh, Jacob has set up housekeeping uh, at a place called Shechem. Uh, do you know how far that it is from Shechem to Bethel? Uh, it's 30 miles from Shechem to Bethel. Uh, in other words, Jacob... Uh, he could have went 30 more miles and bought land in Bethel. He could have went 30 more miles and settled down there in Bethel. Uh, uh, you say, what is this? Well, it's, a, it's an Old Testament picture of a New Testament truth. Uh, you say, what do you mean? Well, Jacob uh, is doing the same thing Peter did in Matthew 26 and verse 58. Uh, uh, the Bible said that Peter followed the Lord uh, afar off. Uh, in other words, he didn't want to get way away from God. Uh, he wanted to stay in the vicinity of God that he could get to him quick enough if he needed to, uh, uh, but he didn't want to live right there with God. Uh, uh, you know what a lot of people do? Uh, uh, they don't want to get completely out of church. They don't want to get completely away from God. Uh, uh, they just want to follow God from afar off. Uh, uh, they just want to keep close enough they can kind of get a glimpse of God if they need him. Uh, uh, they can run over there and get God. Uh, and so Jacob affection at this time uh, Jacob's affection uh, is in the wrong place uh, uh, Jacob's more concerned about the place of this world uh, than he is the place of God uh, and that's what happens to a lot of people uh, uh, they get more concerned about earthly things than they do heavenly things uh, uh, they're more concerned about work than they are about worship amen uh, and you know what happens when you got that kind of an affection uh, the Bible said, set your affection on things above uh, and not on the things of this world. Uh, for your life is hid with Christ in God. Uh, and when Christ who is your life shall appear, uh, then shall you also appear with him uh, in glory. Uh, uh, the Bible said, set your affections on things above. Uh, and whenever we start setting our affection on a little piece of ground down here, uh, a little piece of property down here, uh, a house down here, down here, uh, worldly things down here. Uh, uh, every time we set our affection on something down here, uh, it takes away some affection we could have for up there. Amen. Uh, uh, God said, set your affections on things above. Uh, love not the world, neither things that are in the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life, and the love of the Father is not in these things. Amen. Uh, it's easy when the Bible says, love not the world. World, uh, but boy, it gets more difficult when you read them other few words. It says, nor the things of this world. Amen. Uh, uh, but I want you to know, uh, some people get to loving their hunting gun, their fishing poles. Uh, uh, some people get to loving their uh, shopping and their other things more than they love God. Uh, and God's out on Sunday. Uh, worship's in our, wor uh, uh, fishing's in on Sunday. Shopping's in on Sunday. Uh, and God's out. Amen. Uh, and every time that happens you slide a little bit farther back down uh, and so Jacob finds himself getting a recall from God uh, uh, because he's slidden backward uh, in his faith toward God. Notice Jacob's altar in verse 
20. There where was that? And the Bible said he bought that parcel of ground, verse 19, Genesis 33, verse 19. But look at verse 20. And he erected there an altar and called it Elohim, which means Israel. You see, he's not completely away from God. He don't want to live in Bethel. He don't want to get fanatical. He don't want to get too close to God. He don't want to get too dug in. And you need to throw a little religion in there. And so he built an altar. Amen. It's like these shows that used to be on. You don't see them no more. But used to all these country music singers had their own shows, you know. And they'd sing about drinking and divorce and all these different things and uh, uh, they'd sing uh, all that kind of stuff all through the whole show. Uh, uh, you know what somebody said, you know what you get when you, when you, back, when you, play, uh, when you play country music backwards. Uh, you know what you get? You get your house back, your wife back, your job back. Uh, you get all those things back. But I want you to notice here that, that always, that, uh, many times I've seen it, they'll sing about drinking, divorce, adultery, and then they'll come right down to the end of the show and sing one amazing grace or uh, one gospel song of some kind. you got to throw just a little bit of God in there, uh, you know, to sanctify the rest of it. That's kind of what Jacob's doing. Jacob went down there, and Jacob's down there where he shouldn't be, and the Bible said Jacob made an altar to God, uh, and he called the name of the altar Eloli, and that means Israel. In other words, he said he's the God of Israel. He's the God of Israel. Jacob's altar. But you know what happens whenever you backslide on God? You dwell to follow far off from God. It, it, this always happens. I've been watching it for over, over 50 years. I've been watching this. Sometimes in my own life, verse 10. But I've watched this in 40 years of pastoring and preaching and seeing people come in and out of the church. You see, whenever you get your affections in the wrong place, and whenever you got an altar, but really it's not an altar of God, really. And uh, you know, you might make your little altar there as you lay down at night and say, Lord, uh, uh, Lord, uh, I want you to bless, and before you know it, you fell off asleep somewhere. It's not an altar where you go and wrestle with God, get along with God. Uh, it's just a little altar there. You know what always happens when you get like that? There's always adversity. Amen. You say, what do you mean? God, God is not going to let me or you, you or me, God is not going to let us follow far off and stay a long ways from God and love this world and the things of this world without letting some adversity happen in our life. You say, why? Because without any adversity, we'd never come back to God. We'd never come back to God. And uh, so, I always say this, that people that go away from God, uh, they're in the worst place they could possibly be. You say, why? You can't enjoy the world because you got too much of God in there. And when you try to enjoy the world the way you used to enjoy the world, God won't let you. And when you try to go to church, you still got the world in you. You can't enjoy God like you used to enjoy God because you got too much world in you. 
And so you're, you're, you're not getting the best of either world. Either world. And so God lets things happen to bring us back. You say, what happened? That's Genesis 34. And the Bible said, remember I told you you had 12 siblings? And the Bible said, and Dinah, listen, if you got siblings, if you got children, the last thing you want to do is quit God. Amen. Amen. You say, why? God's got something to work with there. God's got something to draw you back with. And the Bible said in Genesis 34, verse 1, and Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Hevite prince of the country, saw her, this Jacob's daughter, he took her and he lay with her and he defiled her. And his soul clave unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto the damsel. And Shechem spake unto his father Hamar, saying, Get me this damsel to wife. And Jacob heard that he had defiled his daughter. Jacob's got big trouble. Amen. Do you know that Jacob has some trouble here that Jacob would not have had had he been at Bethel instead of Shechem? Because he's in the world and he's at the wrong place. His children are around the wrong kinds of people. Amen. And I want you to know whether they're saved or lost. It doesn't matter whether you're saved or lost. You still got a lot of the flesh in you. And you can be saved as you can be and still lust after things you shouldn't lust after. You can be as saved as you want to be and still get messed up. And the Bible said that that's what happened here was that Jacob was a follower and God afar off. He's bought ground there in Shechem. He's in the world, if you will. He's away from God. And whenever you're away from God and you're in the world and you got family, you're headed for trouble. Amen. Jacob had some adversity. That's when God spoke to him. You know when God usually speaks to us, in adversity. We seldom ever hear God in our blessings. We're too happy rejoicing in our blessings. But when adversity comes, it we find ourselves broken and alone. And the Bible said, be still and know that I'm God. And God speaks to us in our adversity. God speaks to us and God spoke to Jacob and said, Jacob, arise and go to Bethel. Arise and get back to church. You know, a lot of people's problems could be solved and start to be fixed and start to be worked on if only they would arise and go back to church and go back to the place of God and go back to the place like when they all first started Sunday school, Sunday school, church, Sunday night, Wednesday night, prayer meeting, visitation. Go back to the way it was when you first started. Amen. Return and do thy first works. Jacob's recall. God calls Jacob. Look at it there. God said unto Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel and notice there, underline that, and dwell there. Amen. Stay there. Amen. Don't go away no more. Amen. 
Amen. Stay there. And the Bible said, God said, go back to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God. Make an altar to me there at Bethel. Where I need it. Where do you need an altar? Uh, make an altar there to Bethel. And Jacob said to his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Did you notice? I'm just throwing this in there. Did you notice uh, uh, that when God told Jacob to go back to Bethel and when Jacob got all his youngins together and all his family together and all the hired servants together, Jacob got them all together and Jacob said, Arise, uh, uh, we're going back to Bethel. Change your clothes. You don't wear pajamas to church. Amen. Boy, that just does something to me. I go out at Walmart and see a 300-pound man with a pair of pajamas and house shoes on. Amen. Go out to the grocery store. People got pajamas and house shoes on. I got house shoes. And I got pajamas. Matter of fact, I got a pair of pajamas that Brother David and Vicky got me, and I really like them. I seen a lady come to church here on Sunday morning out at Houchins on Friday, and I just had regular clothes on, and she was at the meat counter, and I was going to the meat counter, and she turned around, she comes every Sunday, and she said, well, Brother Ricky, said, I hardly even knew who you was. I've never seen you without your suit. And I said, no, most of the time I got a suit on. And uh, she said, well, I didn't know you. You didn't, have your, you didn't have your suit on. I didn't know who you was. You know what? I, here's what I think. I think when you go to the house of God, now if all you got is a pair of pajamas and a pair of house shoes, put them on come on. Yeah. That's all you got. But I don't know too many people. I don't know anybody that's all they got. Goodwill's got some good buys. And you heard a lady sit right there two weeks ago and said, I called Brother Ricky and told him I was going to bring my nephew to church and I told him all he had was a pair of shorts and Brother Ricky told me, well, said, you come over here and I'll give you some money and you can go buy him a pair of birches. And uh, so she said, uh, I just decided to pay for it myself. I, I, well, the church wouldn't have caved in. It wouldn't have been the end of the world. A fella come in here and didn't have, uh, had on shorts. That wouldn't have been the end of the world. No, sir. Uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have killed everything. God wouldn't have killed all of us. Uh, it takes time for people to grow and learn that stuff. Uh, I, I realize that. Amen. Uh, uh, but I just believe that when you come to church, you ought to put the best on you got. Amen. Because uh, uh, you're going to church. Amen. And Jacob said, arise. And he said, change your garments. Uh, uh, don't wear your ball suit. Don't wear what you've been on, on the beach with down there. Don't wear that when you come to the house of God. Change your garments. You're welcome. Amen. You say, you've been preaching that 40 years. Yeah, and I'll be preaching it 40 more if I live that long. Because I'm going to let you in on my secret. I lean way over here to what most people do. I lean way over here hoping that I'll land somewhere about here. Yeah. But if I start right here, yeah. 
with the halter tops and the shorts and the tennis shoes and men's shorts. Can you see me with a pair of shorts on? Believe me, you don't want to. My grandchildren, they run around the house and sing this little song. They say, Papa's legs are as white as they can be because they ain't seen the sun since 1953. <laughs> Amen. But if I start over here, I might get right here, and I can live with right here, but I can't live with over here. I know an old preacher, and man, I wish he hadn't done it because church was doing great, but it, it got some people, you know, they didn't want to, uh, the way things used to be, they didn't want that, and so they overrode him, and he just couldn't take it. The conviction eat him up, and he finally just gave the church up and quit. And it's completely the other way now. Amen. Well, I didn't mean to spend that much time on that point. But the Bible said, Then Jacob said unto his household that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you. God recalls Jacob. Well, when God recalls Jacob to go back to Bethel, Jacob repents. Jacob says, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Uh, if one is following afar off, uh, that means there's going to be more room for things to get between us and God. When you're following close and staying real close to God, there ain't a whole lot of room for anything to get in between there. But when you're following away off like most of the world is, there's all kinds of room for the devil to stack stuff between you and God. And Jacob, he knows enough about God to repent. You see, Jacob has some conviction when God speaks to him. The Bible said in verse 2, Then Jacob said, Jacob had conviction. Does anybody ever have conviction anymore? Does anybody ever get convicted? I'm not talking about getting saved convicted. I'm talking about getting sanctified convicted. Uh, uh, does anybody ever get convicted uh, about music or about dress or about uh, any other of a hundred things? Does anybody ever get convicted about things they do that the Bible plainly says they're against? Uh, uh, well, if you don't, it may be that you're so far away from Bethel uh, that God, you can't even hear God speaking to you. But though was the conviction of Jacob. There was Jacob's children. Look at verse 2. Then Jacob said unto his household and all that was with him. Amen. Remember this. When you, when you dwell afar off, your children's with you. They're far off too. And whatever you and I do as parents, whatever you and I do as Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, whatever we do, it affects our household. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I'm going to church, but my children and my grandchildren, they don't have them. It's affecting them. They know where you're at. Amen. They know where you're at. Amen. And I have seen many, many people that somebody prayed for them, a mother, grandmother, a father, a grandfather, prayed for them all their life, and they never did get in church. You said, see there? Yeah, but after they died, their family got in church. Just because your family's not in church tonight, 
don't mean they won't be in church a year from now. It doesn't mean that they won't have a God to tell them, go back to Bethel, I go back to the God of your mom, go back to the God of your dad, go back to the God of your grandfather, go back to the God of your grandmother. Uh, you see what we do, it has an effect upon our children. Jacob's conviction, Jacob's children, Jacob's repenting. He's repenting because he's been away from God. He's repenting for his children being the way they are. A lot of people make their children, you know, have good manners, and I'm all for that. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. Thank you. Amen. One of the worst things that, as a kid I remember, when somebody give you a piece of candy or something, and you stand there, you're so bashful anyway, you can't even speak your own name. And your mom or daddy say, What are you supposed to say? What are you supposed to say? You better say it or you're going to have to give it back. I'd rather give it back than have to say it. Thank you. That's good manners. I'm for that. We could use a lot of that in our country. Amen. But you know, we can't lay all the blame on the children. There's some parents and some of us that we ought to go to our children and apologize to them. Because we didn't go to church, because uh, uh, maybe the way we lived before them, uh, uh, we ought to go to them and say, I'm sorry for the way I lived before you. Jacob's children. Notice Jacob's corruption. You see, you can't follow far off. You can't, you can't stay 30 miles away from God and not get some corruption in your life. The Bible says... In verse 2, Jacob said, Put away the strange gods that are among you. In other words, there's some things collected. Was these Jacob's God? I don't know about that. But Jacob knew they were there. Jacob knew that his children had some strange gods, little g. They had picked up some gods in the world and Jacob let them keep them there in the house. Jacob got convicted about that. I think I'm thinking about Ephesians, I'm talking about putting away. Do you know God deals with our hearts sometimes, and God calls us, even though we're saved, that God calls us to put away some things. In Ephesians four, the Bible said there, He said, and put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is a corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And He says, wherefore putting away lying. Speak ever man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, let him labor, working with his hands and the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Put away from you all malice, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Amen. You know, we can call and talk about and think we're right with God, and we can't even forgive somebody else. 
and we're hateful and cruel and mean in our conversations and in our talk. God says, if you go come to Bethel, you're going to have to get rid of all that. You're going to have to put it away. And God said in Colossians 3, he says, Mortify therefore, verse 5, the members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, and idolatry. Now mind you, he's talking about believers because in the first part of that chapter he said if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And then he says, but now, but now, ye also put off all these. The very first one, anger. Why is it so quiet in here? Did I say something wrong? I made you mad, amen. <laughs> you said anger, raft, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now if you put something off, you got to put something on. And he said, put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Amen. And so we see Jacob's corruption and Jacob's conviction and we see Jacob's children. And God meets with Jacob and God tells Jacob to go back to Bethel and before Jacob ever even starts the trip, he repents over all this stuff. You know why? Because you can't get to God unless you repent first. You say why? Because all that stuff's laying between you and God. And you've got to repent of that so God can just wipe it all out of the way and then you can walk up real close to God. So we see Jacob's recall, Jacob's repentance. Now Jacob has returned to Bethel. Now Jacob has uh, repented. Now Jacob has made things right with God. And we're on uh, what you like to hear. We're on the last point here. And now Jacob has been recalled. Jacob has repented. And guess what? Now Jacob is revisited by God. Amen. The Bible said in verse 9, and God appeared unto Jacob. What does it say? Again. Aren't you glad that there's always that again? Amen. When you've been away from God and you've been a fallen afar off, which we've all done it, we're all probably going to do it. God tarries. This old Adamic nature, this old sinful flesh, uh, the best we can do, uh, sometimes the devil trips us up. But I'm glad that the Bible says that when we will remember and when we will repent, that God will visit us again. The Bible said God revisited Jacob. Have you noticed? Have you noticed over the last three weeks that God keeps revisiting Jacob? Have you noticed that Jacob keeps having these encounters with God? Twenty years spaced out between them. But Jacob still keeps having these meetings with God. I'm glad that I don't know how long we're going to live down here. 
But I know from 10 years old when I got saved to 66 and a half year old tonight that I could say in my life and God visited Rick again. Amen. God visited you again. Amen. God remember, comes to Jacob and you know the very first thing that the Bible says God does when He comes to Jacob, look in verse 9, Genesis 35 and verse 9. And the Bible said, And God appeared unto Jacob when he came out of Pandoramum. And what's the last three words say? And he blessed him. Amen. When you, you talk about an incentive to go back to Bethel, an incentive to go back to God, uh, when you get back to God, God blessed him. Amen. Uh, you say God didn't bless him the other time. Oh yeah, God was still blessing him, uh, but he couldn't get the full blessing of God until he came full surrender back to Bethel. And God blessed him. I like the blessings of God, don't you? Amen. I expect we never pray that we don't say, God, bless me. God, bless my family. God, bless my food. God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Jacob didn't even say, God, bless me. He just got back to the place where he needed to be, and the Bible said, and God, bless Jacob. Amen. If you're where you need to be with the Lord, you don't even have to ask Him for blessings. They're going to come automatic. You just worry about staying close to God. You just worry about staying close to that altar. You just worry about staying in the place of God. Don't waste your time asking for blessings. God's going to bless you coming and going. Amen. I, I, God, that's just the way God is. You see, God is a God that loves to bless people. God wants to bless you. And He's blessing you all you let Him. You say, what do you mean? Well, you see, there's some blessings that are general, like the sunshine or the rain. Everybody gets them, saved or unsaved. But there's other blessings God wants to give you, but you've got to get on blessing ground. You, you've got to get to the place where the blessing is, and God will bless you. Did you ever see somebody and you wondered, it just seemed like they was blessed more than you? Well, sometimes we think people's being blessed and when we really look at it, it might not be such a blessing. But there is times when people are like that and the reason it is is because they're staying right there in the center on that blessing ground. Amen. The Bible said, and Jacob returned and the first word is blessing. Look at verse 10. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob. What's God doing? He's reminding him. Remember back in Genesis 28 when he wrestled all night? And you remember what, you remember what God said? God said, your name is not going to be Jacob anymore. But Jacob got down there in Shechem, 30 miles away from Bethel. Jacob's living more like Jacob than he is Israel. It's like Peter. Did you ever notice the Lord? Sometimes he'd call Peter Peter, and other times he'd call him Simon. Yeah. 
Simon was his fleshly name, his name before he knew the Lord. And sometimes he was acting more like Simon than he was Peter, and the Lord called him Simon. Amen. 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 Jacob is being reminded, Jacob's being reminded, Jacob, you're not acting like Israel. I heard a preacher preaching, preaching rescue mission. One of the joys of my ministry, I used to go to the Union Rescue Mission down in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, God worked it out through a friend of mine. I went down there and I'd go down there and preach like on a Friday night. And there'd be four or five hundred people off the streets yeah. would come in there. They'd be sitting on the front row because they had to be there for that preaching service or they couldn't get a bed. And on a cold night like tonight, they'd all want a bed so they'd come and they'd pile in there. And that front row looked like a battlefield. There'd be somebody with a with an old white cloth wrapped around their head, soaked through with blood. Uh, somebody else, I mean, everybody uh, was street people. Every single one of them was street people. But one of the greatest blessings of my life was to be able to preach in that place and see them. Uh, I remember one night they lined up all the way from one side of that building to the other. And I went down through there and I prayed for each one of them and their needs and what they had. And it was just a blessing that I'm glad the Lord afforded me yeah. to do that. It was a great joy. But a fellow preacher that worked in a rescue mission like that, he preached one night and he noticed a fellow on the back and he remembered he'd got saved back several years ago when he was there preaching. But he had heard through the through the mission pastor, he had heard through him, he'd got out of church, he got back to drinking again and stuff. And so when the preacher got through preaching, he he started out, started his car, and said it's dark outside, and he noticed he noticed a man step behind a, a lamplight there. He's first he said he, he didn't really know who it was, and he felt in his pocket for his his gun and make sure he had it, and he walked down through there, and then all at once it dawned on him. And he said, Brother Buddy said, What you doing there? And he stepped out and was that old guy that slipped in that night, got saved several years ago, got back to drinking, got back in the world. He said, what are you doing there? I seen you in the service tonight. He said, what are you doing there? He said, well, he said, you're a Christian. He said, you don't need to be doing all that stuff. And he said, well, he said, brother, he said, I ain't no Christian. He said, I'm drinking and I'm doing things I shouldn't do. I ain't no Christian. And the preacher said, you are a Christian. God saved you and you need to start doing things that are becoming of a child of God. Amen. There's a lot of people out there that ain't, they are saved, but they ain't doing things becoming of a child of God. Amen. You say, what's wrong? They're like Jacob. They're falling afar off. God reminded Jacob of what used to be, the way he used to be. One of the ways God deals with us and gets us to come so that he can revisit us, one of the ways God revisits us is that God helps us remember what we used to be. Sometimes we're so far removed from what we used to be, we forget we ever were. We forget there was beer in our refrigerator and whiskey and vodka in our cabinets 
and the wrong kind of music and the wrong kind of stuff. And we forget where God brought us from. And God revisits us. And God says, Jacob, don't you remember when you became Israel? God revisited him and blessed him. God God visited him and he returned so that God could bless him. God reminded him of what he used to be. The things that I love and hold dear in my life, they're borrowed, they're not mine at all. Jesus only let me use them to brighten up my way. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remember, I'm human and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Jacob's revelation. The Bible said in verse 7, and he built there an altar and the place and called the place El Bethel. Verse 11, And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Do you remember back there in Genesis 28 when Jacob was wrestling with God and Jacob said, Tell me your name! God never would tell him his name because he had some more work to do on him. But now the work's done. And now Jacob builds an altar and God said, call the altar El Bethel. You see, Bethel means the house of God, but El Bethel means the God of the house. And the God of the house is more important than the house. And then God says, I'm going to tell you my name now. And he said, I am God Almighty. Boy, Jacob, he got blessed. God not only reminded him of who he was, God reminded him of who God was. And he said, I'm God Almighty. And it's not the house of God, but I'm the God of the house. Father, we thank you tonight for...